What's up, everyone, and welcome to Raise the Flag After Dark. Tonight, I have my co-host, Tom and Ross, and my special guest, Beer. Oh, oh, Beer. <laughs> Sounds like you guys are opening automatic knives. Nope. Automatic no. beers. Definitely. Perfect. No, these are actually semi-automatic beers. I have to manually open every beer each time. It's a common misconception, but they are actually yeah. semi-automatic beers. Fully so, semi-automatic, um, actually. What are you drinking there, Tom? I have a Yingling, and this is the America edition with America. a Digicam. So, you know, feeling very patriotic about that it. Is, that is tactical. Tactical beer. Very tactical. Oh, uh, it's with my tactical koozie, too. So yes. it doesn't get, doesn't get warm on me. It's awesome. What about you, Ross? What are you drinking? Uh, good old monster. Like a psychopath. It's yes. like nine o'clock at night. Late night monsters. Oh, listen, yeah. you were yelling at me the other day because I drink coffee before I go to bed. So I tend nice. to yell at both of you quite a lot. Yeah, that's you true. Because you're an asshole. But <laughs> I, drink, <laughs> I drink coffee until it's time to go to sleep. That's yeah. how you know it's time to go to sleep. You stop that's drinking it. the coffee no and more your coffee. brain shuts off. Yeah. That's not right. It's like, wait, we're supposed to produce energy on our own? This is fucking ridiculous. No, you I produce energy on your own. This just energy. amplifies it and makes it better. I like Did you it. just hold up a baby kitten? This is yeah, so this is the manliest beer everyone everyone. It's uh fat orange cat baby kittens. It is a local uh Connecticut brewery and it's it's pretty delightful. Um so cheers. There is a anyway, lack of digicam though. It it well, yeah, but look at all the kittens. It's got lots of kittens. I'm going to take a picture of this, not posted on on Instagram, so everyone can see all my kittens. I've never wanted to beer less in my life. <laughs> well, anyway, so besides all the nonsense, we got things to talk about tonight. Um, Tom, why don't you tell us a story? Tell me a tell story. A story. Yeah. <laughs> well, to all the listeners, you can't see it, but we all have different names on our little video screen, so we all can remember who each other are, because, you know, it's kind of tough at this point. Um, today, I am Knife Design Thief. So, apparently, I was accused of stealing somebody's knife design. Now, sounds like a very egregious offense, but uh, trust me, I did not steal anybody's knife design. But somebody thought I did. Was and it Horace Kephart? No, it was not okay. Horace Kephart. <laughs> Um, was it wasn't uh, Tom Brown Tracker? No, it was not Tom Brown Tracker either. Was it um, Nesmuk? Or, or hold on, how about a Puko? Or hear me out. Yeah, seriously, did you did Western you steal? Chef? Maybe <laughs> Santoku. Holy <laughs> shit! Have you guys ever heard of this uh, this guy Jimmy Drop Point? Jimmy Drop Point. Oh, no, everybody is, rips him off. Yeah, is he, re, is he He's related always to upset. his to his cousin Clip Clip Point? Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh Clip no, Point. shit. Yeah. yeah, he lives up in the hills. Oh, yeah. yeah those guys are always pissed off. Everybody's always stealing their designs. Everybody's always stealing those fucking designs. Yeah, apparently I stole somebody's design. But the funny part is, that is the third design that apparently I ripped off from this same knife. Same so somehow... So this, you stole this design from three different unique knife makers? Three different unique knife makers oh that God. all had their own <laughs> specifications to it. And somehow, mine stole all of them at the same time. It's fucking uncanny how this happens. That is, that is magical, sir. Yeah, that's quite and an accomplishment. The best part is today, I was speaking with someone, of, to the person who I was the main one that I was accused of stealing his knife design, and the person looked at my knife and said, no, that doesn't really look like mine. So the guy who even made the knife that I'm being accused of copying didn't even, like, he said, yeah, that, I can see where he came up with that design. So it comes down to the point is like, are there really any new knife designs out there that are well, practical? You know, imagine you're in court and you know, uh, Tom, does your design have a blade? <laughs> does it have a handle? Now is that handle held on with uh, some sort of mechanical and then perhaps an epoxy as well? Oh, it's, fucking yeah. copycat! So what the knife in question is the Malkin. The newer fixed blade I've been doing with the bird's beak. It's got the, I guess you would call it a harpoon. It's not like a super serious poon. It's like a it's minor a poon. Swedge a swedge. No, but it's a raised swedge. A swedge is just the part that's ground on the top. So we'll call it a swedge poon. A swedge poon. So a swoon. <laughs> let's just, let's just refer to it as the design you stole. That the one. design I stole. Exhibit A. Okay. Um, so there was the Malkin. So the Malkin I came up with mainly because I I had a guy a couple guys in the SWAT teams ask me for uh, the CF3 but without the ring because I didn't want the ring because I designed 
the CF3 for my patrol vest. So it would be tight to my chest, tight to my belt and everything like that. And I designed it with a guy that I went to the academy with who actually got shot in the fucking head. So we actually wanted to make sure this thing actually works. And, you know, what happened with him is he had a guy on top of him and he, the guy was covering his hips, so he couldn't access his firearm. But the guy had his in the front of his waistband, so he was able to draw it out and shoot him while he was on top of him. Luckily, he survived and we were able to make this knife. Um, but he wanted something that he could put his finger in off on his patrol vest and be able to just create distance with. It wasn't a fighting knife. It was a utility knife that also you just knew in a pinch you could grab. But the SWAT guys, they're not getting up close and personal like that all the time. They could have a big knife on their, you know, on their battle belt. But they wanted something that they could just grab with their big old meat, like meat mitt, and just like use. They weren't worried about somebody getting a hold of it, it standing out or printing or anything like that. So I just took the CF3 and I deleted the ring and added a bird's beak. And now all of a sudden, this very unique knife that I had became the copycat of the world that, you know, is now, I'm sure I'm going to hear like tomorrow that another fourth person is going to come up saying I stole this from somebody else that I don't even know of. And it just, well, it just seems to never end. It, it, don't take this the wrong way, but it's not the most attractive knife. And, and my point in saying that is it's a very utilitarian knife, right? Well, sure. You didn't make it to be sleek and sexy. So if you're going to steal a design, I would hope you'd steal something that's like, whoa, that's a beautiful, sexy knife, and that's going to sell yeah, a million it's units. It's not like a quillion uh, dagger or something like that. I made nah. this shit for knuckle draggers like myself because <laughs> I know they're going to beat the thing up, and I know they're going to abuse it. And I know like most of the time it's not actually going to be used as a knife fight. Like Even the CF3, the first, like when I gave it to my buddy who we designed it with, the first day he used it, he used it to cut off somebody's clothes and he had four layers on because it was January and to do CPR on him in the street in Jersey City. So okay, it's like CPR. I was going to say, yeah, before you said that adding, part, that sounded like CPR an assault. changes that whole <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, that's a very different story. <laughs> very different story. So there are rose petals everywhere. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, it's like he's getting a medal instead of, uh, you know, yeah, right. hey, arrested. Yo. Hey, yo. Um, <laughs> but, so you know what, though? But I it's think like you're, utilitarian you're, purpose. It's the point of the design. It's not like a crazy knife fighting, super right. unique. But it's like a you're making a mistake right now. And that is how many, how many people have brought this up? A bunch. How many? Well, not to me, but apparently yeah. to the guy who was being told to the point where he even looked me up saying, who the fuck is Knives by Nooch? Because I knew it from the get-go. Okay, but that guy, guy wasn't didn't have a problem me. with it. No, he didn't have a problem. Yeah, with it so, so we're wasting too much time on this. Yeah, My point is it's it's easy to respond to the, the couple of knuckleheads who say, like, you stole this or you stole that. And yeah, like you said, there, how many how many unique knife shapes configurations are there really out there uh it's pretty hard to come up with something that's completely you know unique and and well, has its own design language and all that i don't know you could come up with unique but it doesn't also mean it's going to be useful as a knife and that's that's well, the thing well, like, yeah, because yeah you can make something hey it looks like a dolphin but it's a knife well it's unique it's also a piece dolphins. of shit <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, people have been making knives for thousands of years so pretty much yeah. anything that anybody comes up with now is probably done before in the past right like Right. When I say coming up with something unique, like, okay, we're going to start out, right? What's the blade shape? Well, you're not just probably not going to say, well, it's this completely, okay, what are we starting with a drop point? Are we starting with a clip point? Are we starting with, you know, full flat grind, a Scandi with, a, you know, a little bit of a drop? You're going to start somewhere along that path and then, you know, change things up, change the the handle a bit. But again, you know, I was joking around when I said, you know, was it uh was it Kephart or was Nesmuck or whatever? I mean, like, look at every Woodlore style knife out there. there. There's 300 million knives that are basically a Coke bottle handle, a little bit contour here. Okay, more contour the pinky, less contour in the pinky, but they're all a Woodlore style blade. And yeah, it's okay. But even the Nesmuck, he didn't design it. It was just a knife that he liked to use. It was a knife design that he liked. It was based off a butchering style knife. So, like oh, yeah, it wasn't. I'm saying all these. It's like yeah, it's a style of knife, and and you can buy. You know, yeah, it's it's a little silly. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's a big difference. Like we were talking about this earlier, but like you know, somebody like went out and took the Se Azula and cloned the Se Azula down to the logo, the name, the serial number, and everything. Like that is stealing. Yeah. A knife design because you're trying to pass it off as an Se Azula. It's not like. Tom's out there trying to pass off this knife that he made as a knife that somebody else made. 
Well, right. a knife maker that I'm buddies with, Gentry Custom Knives, he there's a there's a knife on Alibaba right now that is the same knife as his pocket mug, which is actually a very unique design if you guys haven't seen it. Um, it's like a Nesmuk, but mini with a long skinny handle. It's pretty cool looking. They copied it to the point where they even put his logo on it. That's how yeah. much they copied this thing, that it's even got his logo on the goddamn thing. That is copying a knife. I'm not saying up to a logo, but even that design is a very super unique design, which is hard to find nowadays. But that one was completely ripped off but because it, it was literally a carbon copy of it. And that's one thing. But just to say, like, it's got a hump at the top of the blade and it goes into a drop point that now you stole it from somebody else. Yeah, yeah. and I think at the point where if the blade steel is the same and the blade shape is the same and the grind is the same and, you know, and you start to go down the list and the, the scales are the same and they have whatever the same texturing and the same contouring and they say, okay, then you can start to make that case. And, you know, I think we've all seen that sort of thing where a certain type of knife takes off and then other people make a very similar knife. And I can understand if you're the original designer, you don't, you don't love that approach. But then again, at the end of the day, it's your design that you came up with still isn't super unique. You took a drop point blade from here, you know, this type of scale from here, you know, it, I've heard, so, so like the ANSO scales, right? So I consider them ANSO scales. Other people consider them rock pattern. Um, everybody has their own name for that, right? But uh, Jen Zonso, he's the original guy I, I'm aware of that did that type of pattern. What's funny is, you know, LT has their version of it, right? Um, Tops has a version of it. You know, Tom, you 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 do that on, on some of yours. Knives.news.com. Knives.news. Super Did I just say that? I'm not even drinking. Um, <laughs> so my point is I've heard people accuse those companies of ripping each other off. And they're kind of like the second or third generation where really it all traces back to here, you know? And it, it I don't know. It gets silly. Well, do you think like Ford gets mad at Chevy for both of them having fucking pickup trucks? Like exactly. Or Nike because, you know, or is it Adidas because they have fucking sneakers? Like there's only so many things you can put fucking, you know, shoes on your feet. Yeah, there's only and there so many are, ways you're going to do it. Absolutely. And there are trends, right? The automotive industry is a perfect example. You know, I uh I have a Honda Pilot and I know someone that has a Toyota Highlander. You park the two next to each other, they're both the same year. You're like, "Oh, Okay. Those people yeah. all went to lunch together and said, let's <laughs> yeah. make, I mean, they're like the same height, the same length, the, the, you know, the way the headlights are, they're clear here and this, that it's a, it's a trend. And then a few years later it, it changes. Um, but yeah. I mean, the moral of the story is, is that, you know, fuck that guy. And Tom's well, a you thief. know what? <laughs> no, but seriously, the, mor- the moral of the story is like, as, as, a, about that. as a consumer, well, I am too, but I'm just going to say it differently. Oh, is right. that as as a consumer, when you're out there like white knighting for your favorite knife maker, there's a good chance that they don't agree with you and they think you're annoying. So you should probably not do that because at the end of the day, like they're just out there trying to sell knives. That's why they get on the internet every day and have an Instagram page because they want to sell knives, not because they want to listen to you like come swoop to their rescue and call at every person who has a slightly curved handle as the copying the knife. And, well, uh, that's Even something like, like the Tom Brown tracker. It's literally got the fucking guy's name in it. And how many guys do tracker hey, everybody, guys? Everybody does a tracker. Like, and yeah, do, you do, a tracker? do you know who Tom Brown stole that design from? No. no neither do I. I just assumed. <laughs> <laughs> but he was real slick when he came out with his version. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swerve these guys. I'm going to call it the fucking Tom hardcore Brown tracker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, but we talked about this with Heather on our P&W Bushcraft episode with her, where it's like, if you could explain the why, then you have the credibility behind it. But if you can't explain the why, then it's like, okay. There's probably some copying. Like even I was on the phone with somebody saying we were FaceTiming. I picked up the Mulkeen and I put a CF3 blank behind it. And I'm like, what do you see? He's like, I see a piece of the ring from the CF3 hanging out. I'm like, yes, because it's the same fucking design, just a little bit bigger on the Mulkeen without a ring. So it's like, but I can explain the why of how it came about, which is, you know, I'm not saying I like need the credibility for these boobs out there, but it's like I can explain why my design is there versus if I couldn't, then yeah, there's probably a chance I copied it. 
Yeah, it's a good point. It's like, uh, I was just thinking of um, all the polymer guns that are out there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing like, oh, you know, Glock makes a polymer gun, so we're going to make a polymer gun because polymer guns are cool. Or is it, well, we designed this gun because we want it to work well in cold climates where metal can have issues and, and polymer works much better. And yeah, Glock, that's a great idea. And it's a great idea for them. It's a great idea for us, so we're going to make it. Exactly. Make, make an AR-15. I'm sure Armalite is not the only company that's ever produced an AR-15. Armalite 15, by the way, doesn't stand for assault rifle. <laughs> Fully semi-automatic like my beers. <laughs> yeah, so my point is, when, if there's something that works, it works. So other people are going to look at it and go, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good design feature. It's like claiming that you know using micarta as a scale material is your idea. Right. At some point... The first person took micarta and epoxied and and what if I put my pants in epoxy and then (laughs) put them on it? Yeah, what was that guy doing? It's like (laughs) I got some old burlap and I got some epoxy and I got got nothing else going here with no handle on it. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, what what I think was happening is he's probably sitting down with two of his buddies recording a podcast, drinking beer, and he came up with a great idea. Fucking Um, brilliant. Yeah, except I don't think they had podcasts when my car came out. But if they did, that's how it would have happened. All right, can, can we wrap this this part up and say a yeah, good idea I, is a good I idea? So. And sometimes, you know, out of the billions of people on Earth, more than one person that is exposed to all the same design language day in and day out for years and years and years probably comes up with a similarly good idea. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good way to leave it off. But since we're talking about knives, right? Um, what we actually wanted to talk about tonight was trying to help people pick the right knife for their intended task. Because if you go on, I don't know, Blade HQ, right? How many th- how many knives do you think Blade HQ has on the website? Not knivesbynews.com? We're not supposed to just do shameless plugs this entire podcast? What the fuck? We're going to do that later. All right, what do I pay you guys for? You don't pay us. I don't pay you guys anything. <laughs> <laughs> Except for headaches. Yeah, aggravation mostly and dirty looks from my wife when I'm on the phone with you instead of being <laughs> But uh, no, but seriously, like, I don't know. I, I never actually counted it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Blade HQ had 70,000 knives on the website. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of freaking knives. So there's a lot out there to pick from. And I think, uh, you know, especially those who are newer to this uh, knife using knife buying game probably have a hard time knowing, like, okay, well, what grind makes this good for my task or what's the length or whatever it is. So I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. And uh, yeah, so I want to start with Ross. Ross, tell us about your ideal knife for most of your tasks. The ideal knife for most yeah, of my tasks. Yeah, you on the spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you're going to do better than the rest of us because you're yeah, not drinking alcohol. So. <laughs> true. Uh, most of the time... My normal day is opening boxes, cutting up cardboard, uh, you know, things like that around the house. Um, So for me, on my belt or in my pocket is like a three to three and a half inch fixed blade. Um, It really depends, you know, but I find myself a lot like I'll grab, uh, I have a Temple Hybrid, which is a 3V. It's a epoxy wrap. It's just like super, super light and thin. And so it's like I can clip it into shorts. It doesn't like, it's not too heavy, you know, but it's really sharp. It stays sharp. So I don't really need to worry about it. It's just there. And if I need it or just a neck knife. So whether it's a EDN or, or a Wicked or, or the, the Tundra that I, that I worked on, like any of those like smaller neck knives, because they just disappear. They're there if you need them. And most of the time I'm not doing heavy cutting tasks. So what you're saying is that you don't need like a 12-inch tops knife to cut open your Amazon boxes? No. No, I think I've mentioned before. <laughs> anytime I handle a large knife, I end up stabbing myself with it because I, I lose track of that tip because it's yeah. just like, I don't know. I'm used to a small knife. inches long, three-quarter inch stock. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I'm bleeding. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, someone what, what posted, kinda... I think uh, uh, John Bushcraft and Baseball posted the... Um, that cold steel, uh, that thing you, you you throw on the end of a broomstick and make it into a, oh, a the spear. bush floor thing or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, I bought one kind of as a, as a joke a while back, um, just to play with. And the first thing I did, I took that thing out of the box. I stabbed myself in the thigh. And I haven't touched it since. It's just it's too big, too much knife. But I was thinking the other day though. Um, uh, uh, God, I'm blanking on his name. He does the Hellbender. 
Um, I got nothing. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll find his name. Um, he makes really cool knives, but he has this knife, uh, Hellbender. It's a, the Hellbender uh, Salamander, I guess. And it's this like really big, like just big knife. And, you know, he posted the other day that he prefers to use that rather than a hatchet for like processing firewood and kindling and stuff like that. And uh, that knife is purpose made for that. It made me think like, I need a knife like that. <laughs> you know, and I have a Junglus, Junglus. Shane How many axes do you have, though? How many what? Axes. Don't oh, you have like this dude uh, has so many axes? Yeah, I don't know. He's got, yeah. like, he's got an entire yeah, shit. Yeah, like, yes, but all it takes axes. is all it takes is one person to say, you know, I prefer a large knife instead of a hatchet or an axe for that. I'm like, you know, that that guy might be onto something. So I should I, buy you know, eight. Well, I have the I have the uh, again. Shane called it the Younglist. That's always going to screw with my head. The Junglist, whatever. From the jungle, it's the junglist. Anyway, it's in my I mean, basement. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume Shane is right. Yeah. Eh, what? Just because he works <laughs> at a company that makes knives or something? <laughs> okay. He's a head of marketing or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look at me. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna dig that out of the basement, and uh, I don't know. I've never tried that. I, I've always used that for like clearing brush, right? Like uh, I've never actually said, "Hey, I'm gonna use this for actual like breaking down kindling." And, and uh, the choppers for like. You know, from knivesbynews.com, which even though it's never been put on the website there, I just made one for myself. It's actually a really handy knife. I probably should make some at some point. But like for like if you wanted to break down kindling, I mean that's what I use all winter long in the shop to break up kindling for the stove is that knife. I mean tech is that a knife? Is it uh it's, machete? It's a, it's a chopper. It's like yeah. eight inches long, so I don't know right. what you I, would I, call it. So it's a big, it's a cl- large yeah. knife, right? Yeah. It classifies yeah. as a knife or maybe uh, a short sword. <laughs> and I think I think that's in the same range. I probably, I probably copied it from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's in the, uh, just call it the junglist instead of the younglist, and it's, yeah. it's all yours. There you go. Unique. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's in the same range. But anyway, getting back to your question, Nick, the thing is, like, you can't carry that around the house you can't i mean you can but it's ridiculous you can't use that to open an amazon box it really depends what you're talking about if you're talking about the woods there is an opportunity to to there are people that prefer like a six inch blade things like that versus a three inch blade and a hatchet or whatever and you know you have some room to to explore there and and find out what you like but for so around the house edc stuff three three and a half inch blade so what you're saying here is that there is not one knife for all the tasks uh, you know, th- I have a few different knives. I'd be happy with just one knife, and I'd be okay with it. It's like the EDB. That I mean, the reason I pestered Tom into making that thing is because to me, that's like the perfect knife. Like, I can clip it in my shorts. Uh, you know, with the deep carry clip, I can have it at work, and no one freaks out. I've got the Kydex where I can bolt a ferro to it, and then it's my woods knife, and it's it's perfectly fine. So I'd I'd be happy if like everything else disappeared, and I had just that one knife. Yeah, but would you would you want that? Would you want that knife if you had to, like, say, split a, I don't know, 12-inch thick piece of wood? I wouldn't use that knife. Well, exactly. That's the point. The hell not... question is that? <laughs> Do you use well, a hatchet? No, it's the, 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 point, the point I'm, the point I'm trying to make is... a 12-inch thick piece of wood is, Nick? I've just been splitting firewood for a whole damn past week. That is a large piece of wood. I, I was going to say, I'd probably use, like, a, uh, uh, yeah, like a, a, a really your, big splitter. One of yeah. your 3,000 <laughs> axes. <laughs> Or like yeah, a no, twenty-seven I, ton log splitter, something like that. That'd probably be the nice choice. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So anyway, but the the point the point of this whole line of questioning and my example of the two big piece of wood, since you all want to judge me for that, um, is that I mean, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big piece. Let's say that's above average. All right, what let's is, not what get crazy. Show, here. Ross so is showing prim- pictures. Primitive Woodsman on Instagram, and that's his Hellbender. I love that. That is that is a it's, chunk. It's kukri-ish. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, doesn't have that big of a belly though. Yeah, but it's got, look at, I mean, it's, what's interesting is, and this is something I've been noticing on, on a few different knives lately is it's, there isn't, it's a continuous curve, right? Yeah. So from, from tip to ricasso, like it's, so you, you can slide it, like you could skin something with that, right? Cause it's got enough of a belly. Well, you could do got, a lot with that. Guys in the chef knife world talk about it all the time with their knives always having some continuous, like radius to it. There's always it may a not curve. Look like it, right. but the curve is what helps the teeth cut because there's always fresh teeth coming in with the entire cut. Where when you see those perfectly straight ones, they don't really cut that well. And even on some higher end Nakiris that generally are known for their boxy shape, 
they still have a gradual curve that goes all the way up. But that's a, that has a belly and then the recurve, and then it even goes back up towards the Ricasso. Right. Yeah. So the whole thing is going to cut. And yep. it's big enough, too, that it could have that without being a pain to sharpen. Yep. But that's, yeah. a, you know, it's, it's on a, purpose when you're cutting like that. Even like my Wicket, that's why I designed it with that big continuous curve right. and not just a big straight portion. Because when you're cutting with that, every part is going to want to keep going with it. Yep. So what you're saying is you stole that curve idea from Chef Nice. Oh, I fucking stole the wicket. I'm just not going to tell you from who. <laughs> Tom stole the wicket from I Primitive Woodsman. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah I, the wicket came from the Hellbender. That's that's <laughs> that. Yes. It is. It's a mini yeah, Hellbender. Like, what, what, you son of a bitch. A mini, mini, mini Hellbender. <laughs> I bet you a super mini Hellbender would actually look pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. That'd be a little great tchotchke knife on the Keens. And your oh, buddy Ruben goodness. liked this post, so it must be legit. So I think yeah, I, it's I, gotta I have be to, I have to buy one Ruben now. Liked it. No, okay, I'll buy two. Yeah. So anyway, but the, anyway, back to the back to the point that I was trying to make before you all went off on your drunken. I answered your question. Three inch blade. It's fucking after hours. Why are you being such a jerk about this? Jesus, <laughs> loosen up a bit. Shut up, Shut up Tom. <laughs> <laughs> This um, is how the phone calls actually go. Yeah, anyways, Nick's like so, sitting down and he's yelling at me to march towards profitability and keep marching and he's just sitting down in a chair. March oh. towards profitability. I like that. Yeah. yeah well, it's very <laughs> based <laughs> Nick, on our podcast like, performance, it's more like stumbling towards well, losses. Hey, we are we are number one hundred and forty one in Japan. In Japan. Yeah, hey. door wilderness podcast. So that is a big deal, everyone. Take that with a grain of salt, though, because I found that information on the internet, and I've okay, heard well, that it's not the most reliable place. We're huge for, in Japan. Uh, yeah, I'm just excited that potentially we're actually thoroughly mediocre in Japan. <laughs> I'm excited that somebody in Japan actually listens to this podcast. Um, so thank you. So thank you, thank you, Japanese listener, for um, listening to us, or multiple Japanese, listeners. or multiple Japanese listener, or listeners. Or our only fan, Chris, traveled to Japan, didn't tell us, listened to one episode there, and we ended up on the list. That's true. Um, he just got VPNs running all over the place, <laughs> just trying to get us to the top chart somewhere. It's like, oh, we're all the race in the Netherlands now. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tom, uh, that's have, not a bad idea. Do, we do have... Uh, Give me a few days and we'll be number one in Norway, too. We do hey. have listeners in uh, the Netherlands and Switzerland and uh, all, all over... Uh, uh, the Scandinavian lands and uh, Canada. That's because <laughs> they know. because they know I do a mean Scandi grind. That's why. Yeah, that's uh, that must be it. So uh, I don't know. Anyway, there was a topic tonight, but I guess we're just gonna the right for the right task. task. <laughs> well, it's like it depends on what you're doing and also what your skill level is and where you're at. Let's uh, like I'll recommend this to no end is buy a Mora for most of the tasks you're gonna come across. Buy a Mora, like. Because that will at least get you in the door. Because, I mean, I worked in outdoor shops for a very long time, and some people would come in and buy all this expensive gear, and they get burned because, like, they bought a lot of really expensive gear, and it was all the wrong gear for them. So it's yeah. like they didn't know what to get yet because they didn't have the experience to learn what they really like. It's the same way with knives, where it's like, what are you really doing with it? Like, a guy who's going elk hunting versus a guy who's going up and bird hunting, I'm going to tell him to buy two different knives because it's like two different purposes to him. Right. If you're going for it or like a general purpose hunting, like I have no idea what I'm going to do. I could point you in the direction for more of a general purpose where it's not going to do either one great, but it's going to be able to do both fine. All right. So let's let's focus in a little bit then. So on, on knivesbynews.com, I see you primarily have three different blade grinds. You have saber grinds, you have scanty grinds, and you have full flat grinds. Mm-hmm. What is What makes those different and better at certain tasks than other tasks? Well, saber is made up. <laughs> flat grind I copied. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody's done a flat grind before. Ever. Ever. Um, it really ends up, too, with the geometry and the cutting of the knives. So say something like a Scandi grind. It comes to a zero edge. Whether people say I do a micro bevel or not is up to debate. I don't really care, but I power strop the edge. Um, that is still comes down to a zero. It essentially works as a wood chisel. So if you're cutting notches, notches, cutting wood, whatever, like, and you're processing wood for fire, that's a great grind. 
And if you get it in a thinner stock, like a three thirty second stock, it's actually fairly slicey. Now, I've, you know, butchered deer with the scanty grind before. It's not my favorite task. Something like that, I'd rather have like a full flat grind where it's got very thin geometry. I normally take them to thinner edges because you're not going to be batonium as much. And it just naturally cuts because there's less material behind it. Behind the scandy, it's very, very thin at the edge, at the apex of it, but it gets thicker and thicker and thicker as it goes up, which is the point of the full flat grind is to have a very thin amount of metal behind the edge. So it just slices a little bit easier. And the saber grind is almost like, I would say, the in-between to the both. We still have the mass and the flats up top, which help for batonic because it acts as a wedge. And then it still has that mass if you're doing some harder use cutting behind it. So it's not very fine behind the edge. But it's not as like, you know, it doesn't cut wood as well as a Scandi grind does. So there's that's really how I see the three differences between the Scandi, Saber, and uh, full flat grind. It all depends yeah. on what you're doing with it. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about Scandi is a lot of people, um, and we've we've... I think jokingly talked about this, like doing feather sticks and things like that. It's not like the best gauge for, because people will be like, oh, I can do a feather stick with a flat grind. I can do it with a saber. I can do it with skinny. You know, of course you can. The difference is if you're actually carving wood and you're using a scandy and you think about what Tom said, it's a zero edge. You know where that blade enters the wood is where that blade enters the wood and it enters at that angle exactly and removes that piece of wood exactly, right? But when you have something with a secondary bevel, it doesn't. Your hand moves in a certain way, but then the, the where the blade enters into the wood, it there's another angle there. So it's just not as precise for, you know, removing wood and doing delicate carving and things like that. So that's Scandi is fantastic for, for really fine carving, and it really wants to, to slice into wood. But again, depending on the thickness of the stock, you know, um, like Tom was saying, you, you can get a thinner scanty and it can sort of be slicey, but this is nothing compared to a full flat grind. You know, try cutting strawberries with a scanty. You'll slice for that first little bit of the bevel and then you'll smush. And it's just, you know, because it's just not what it does really well. Um, the full flat grind will, you know, you can do all your fancy uh, super thin slices of tomatoes and all that stuff that Chef Knife uh, guys love to do. Um, for me, the saber grind is is too much of a trade off of both, so I prefer either full flat or or scandy. But that's just me. Well, she just likes to go to the extremes. Well, because it's like, am I slicing? I'll grab a full. I have both, so I'll just use a full flat grind. Am I am I going to be outside doing wood stuff? So you're saying if you want one, you get a saber. No, I'm so the saber to me is like getting compute. Here you go. The buffering icon. No, 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 you're wrong. I was accessing a different database. Uh, (laughs) The saber. Yeah, he's gone full IT. No, no, I'm going full automotive. Years ago, I made the mistake of buying an Accord with a V6 and a manual six speed thinking. Rather than having a sports car, a fun car, and like a commuter car, I'll get the best of both. And just like the saber grind, it was an absolute fucking nightmare. It was terrible. It was the worst of everything. So it was like a terrible six speed. It was a pig. It rolled in the corners. It was it was the worst of of every aspect as opposed to the best. Sounds like he just bought a shitty car. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, but so so what you're saying is, is that you would have two different knives 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 for two different types of tasks yeah i have not found like a a great saber that is a as a as a do-it-all i would rather have a thin thin stock scandy as a do-it-all it's gonna be a hot take but the edb in a saber grind is pretty sweet you should see it in scandy (laughs) (laughs) i know a guy But, I mean, that's also where, like, it depends, too, on your kit. Like, I've been making some of the bigger knives, even, like, the Wiccan XL. I really like the XL in a Scandi grind. I think it's got enough knife to perform well in Scandi grind tests. Where with the small one, I really like it in a full flat grind because it's you're using it for those more delicate, smaller, finer tests, if that makes any sense. So you sometimes need the combination of both, like Rose is saying, where, like, if we I didn't post the video yet, but Nick, we, you and I were uh, filming. We had like, it's probably like an inch and a half, a two inch wide piece of wood that 
I was trying to get to bite in with the full flat grind. And if a yeah, smaller piece on a really corner, want. you can yeah. get very fine, curly, beautiful Instagram shot feather sticks. But with that two inch piece, it would not bite. But then I took the primitive rat Wicked XL out with the scanning grind, and it was just hogging away material, even on a wider surface like that. Yeah, but how would it do on a 12 inch piece of wood? <laughs> it's called a fucking piece of wood. It's like just go up to a tree and be like, why can't I feather stick this tree? What is going wrong here? Uh, no. Yeah, uh, good times. But it, I bet it's, someone's it, done it. Probably Kelso. Probably fucking Kelso. <laughs> I mean, Kelso's made, probably feather sticked a, a 12 inch tree stump with a Swiss Army knife. But I mean, I mean, maybe somebody could do it with like a log splitter. I'm going to try to feather stick a log later on. And I'll put <laughs> you know, some video um, on the log splitter. <laughs> just the other day, um, God, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, Adventures with Conrad. I, I don't know. I don't know the guy that. I mean, I know of him and I see his posts and whatever. And he he posted something about um, he was doing a, a feather stick with a Swiss Army knife. And uh, you know there was some uh, like Ruben replied and because I think the question was like, do you use a fixed blade or do you use a folder? You know, and of course Ruben replied and said, you know, Swiss Army knives all day because uh, that's Ruben. Um, you know, I, I replied and I said, you know, I don't. I can, but I don't use a Swiss army knife for that type of work because the blades have such a propensity to snap shut and they really snap, you know, the, the, the way the, the back spring is on the Celador models that most people have, you know, it snaps and it snaps. And, um, you know, it was interesting because like the, the discussion turned into like, okay, but isn't it better to like learn how to do it with that tool and build the experience and whatever versus using a fixed blade and you know uh, interesting conversation you know my take was if you want to learn you know learn learn like to tom's point learn with a mora learn with a fixed blade learn how to do it really well and then if you want to start using you know a non-locking folder or a, like a full flat grinder, something that's like suboptimal for that sort of thing, but you want to learn how to do it, then God bless, take all those skills and then, you know, figure out how to, how to do it with, you know, gear that you wouldn't normally use for that. But if you think about a Swiss army knife, who's, uh, who's playing the whistle there, Nick? <laughs> the Pied know. Piper has come to Nick's house. Not, if anybody confirm, snatches you, uh, you know. Confirm Penny Lou is not playing a recorder yeah, right now. I, don't, uh, I was going to say, the, the two of us are too far away to do anything, so it was nice knowing you. <laughs> Um, yeah. um, but you, sorry, so I you have, take a Swiss a Army knife, right? right? And, and let's say you're doing a really long feather stick, and then when you pull it back, if you ha- happen to uh, happen to catch that spine on anything, it's snapping shut on your fingers. It just seems to me to be like absolutely the wrong tool for that. Now, if you had to do it, you had to make fire, sure. But that's like they start people with that though, with those little like slip joints like that. That's why I made the chickpea because I was so sick and tired of the Cub Scout knife, which was a slip joint. Yeah, so we, we were like, talking about that at Scouts uh, a couple months ago. Drives me like, nuts. What you know how many knife Scouts I've seen with cut fingers because yeah. of that? Not a Swiss Army knife. Well, you know, like, like, but they all had the the Cub Scout one and the Boy Scout one. The ones they start with with the Boy Scout fucking logo on it is yep. a slip joint, and I've yeah. seen I had so many kids cut their fucking fingers yep. because they're doing it the wrong way. But then they become scared of the thing. Well, so that's, yeah. so that's the thing, right? And so this conversation was, but like, isn't it, and we've talked about this, like sometimes you get bit and that's how you learn, right? But sometimes getting, you don't want to get bit that bad. So I, I mentioned, like, <laughs> I cut my thumb off with my Swiss Army knife when I was eight because it snapped shut and took my thumb off. It was just hanging on by the nail and they had to sew it back on. And that's not a great lesson. Like no. versus start with a mora, get really good, and then hey, once you've really learned control of the blade and and how to catch that edge and continuously move the piece of wood to catch that fresh edge to do a feather stick. Now, sure, try it with whatever you want, but learning on a slip joint, a non-locking blade just seems like a recipe for disaster. So I would I would use a friction folder over a slip joint. Oh, for sure, any day because you're controlling the fact that the yeah. blade is going to yeah. stay closed or open yeah because i've done i've done some pretty serious wood processing with like my woods monkey uh banana peel and that that's been that's been serious great. like a 12 inch piece of wood it, no like i heard a 14 uh, it's it's like a, it's like a 23 that baby had girth hey um <laughs> yo fucking after dark hey listen i don't i don't know where your mind went i was just talking about wood um, yeah yeah i bet <laughs> good old chunk of hardwood yeah all right anyway 
Ah, uh, to be young. <laughs> uh, so the woods, so the woods fucking one that's not available on knivesbynews.com. That is not available on knives by Yo, y'all are fucking up these plugs today. We're gonna have some serious. What's, what's, what's the name of uh, of your of your friction folder again? I don't know. I don't do it anymore. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love the snappy. It's just for like. I mean, you see the knives that come out with. They're very utilitarian based, and it was cool to make the chickpea into a folder. Well, but the snappy my... you based on the woods monkey banana peel. Yes, the, <laughs> the woods monkey chickpea, obviously. Yeah. You know, I mean, clearly what you did was you you took the whole idea of the friction folder and you stole it from the Vikings. Um, I actually stole it first 1,200 years ago. No, so. I stole it from Einstein. I just started with um, friction and stole it there. You can go. Um, yeah, the, no, but I, I, I liked the snap pea. I thought the snap pea was a really cool knife, but it was definitely, like, to me, it was definitely an EDC knife, not yeah. really a serious, like, outdoor working Nice. Like the Woods Monkey banana peel, you can get your whole mitt on that thing and really yeah. do some work with it. Especially if you put like the the really thick, I don't remember, I think like three-eighths of an inch. In. Yeah, the Chonky Boys. The big Chonky Boys. It's like holding a fixed blade, you know, it really is uh, It's very nice. Yeah, mine's the full flat grind, though, so all I can do is carve up tomatoes. Cut, st- cut strawberries. And, and, you have, and, you have, and you have those super, super thin uh, scales on yours, right? Yeah. 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 It's a very slim knife. And Tom doesn't have one, so he can't he can't talk about it. Yeah, I know. I owe Brian a epoxied hat soon, so I gotta get him that. <laughs> he wanted me to do a jute rat I saw jute wrap hat. Jute so. rat. I was gonna say, uh that sounds like a terrible idea. Well, it's um, not going on my head. So I'm just anyway. saying I would have used wood glue. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give up the raw sauce. Wait, so could we can we now do we burn the the jute wrap while the the wearer is wearing the hat or when they're not wearing it. Well, yeah, it has to be after it's cured or else you're gonna ruin it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Just want to make sure. Because so a lot of people on fire is totally yeah, acceptable. Tarring and feathering Brian <laughs> <laughs> as we're just talking about his knife. <laughs> By the way, I love the whistleblower knife. Sorry, Brian. Sorry, Brian. You have to tell. <laughs> the competition. You have the competition. But but I don't know. Like. I, I just hate those little slip joint things, especially for starting people out. It's just, I don't know. I see the point and like, yeah, you know, why not learn this way? But like, I don't know. If you it's teach tradition somebody over, how- over smarts, in my opinion. Like I get it's traditional, but it's, there's much better solutions. Yeah, but I, you don't get much more traditional than a fixed blade. No, I'm saying that the idea, the traditional Boy Scout folding knife oh, or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like, we, we, that's what we've done. So we're going to continue to do it. I, I'd rather see, um, you know, they make locking Swiss Army knives, you know, that have, uh, you know, and, you know uh, there's like, a bunch I, of options. I give people credit, like, especially Ruben, who like can basically do everything in the world that he needs to do with a Swiss Army knife. Like, that to me is amazing because, like, uh, last year or the year before, I don't remember, um, we did that challenge with uh, Shane over at SE. And I carried a Swiss Army knife as my only knife for a week, and I, I basically wanted to die. <laughs> like, Which is still like, to me like the thing. dumbest thing ever. I would have been so happy. Um, I, I don't know, but you know what? This thing, it's, just, it's just not a tool that I was that I was used to utilizing. Like I'm used to utilizing a fixed blade, so it was. No. Uh, you know, there was a learning curve. I mean, I was able to get mostly everything that I needed to get done done, which was great. But um, but if given the choice. It's not something I would do. Now, did it change how I carry? Yeah, because now I have a Swiss Army knife in my bag at all times because I learned over a week or two there's a lot of stuff I could do with the Swiss Army knife, but um, it doesn't mean I want to. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's funny. So, the, the people that come from the folding knife world, the, the, the fixed blade seems more dangerous. Uh, yeah. Because, because I mean, you can't. You can't fold the blade in and put it away, and 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 you know if you think about a folder that has a detent or or, or you know it snaps shut right because of that the the back spring, it's in your pocket. You're in no danger whatsoever, right? But the idea of that fixed blade is like, well, what if I miss the sheath, or you know, what if I put it down and I grab it to pick it up? You know, yeah, but what are you, yeah, what are you I'm not saying it's realistic. Around? I'm just saying you know there's that. I've just seen it where people go, oh, fixed blade. Those seem like a little bit more dangerous. And yeah, you I mean, put it in your I, sheath and it bounces off and goes right into your jugular. That's how it happens every time. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, I just put mine the, right in the femoral artery. That's <laughs> closer. Just go, just go direct. But you know, the thing is, too, is like okay, like I was a I was a folding knife guy for a really long time. I carried folding knives and used folding knives every day. That was like, back when I, you had a life size cutout of Rick Hendrier in your bedroom. Yes, exactly. That's when I had a life size cutout. Good night, of Rick. Henry. 
And, <laughs> Robin's like, God know, damn it. I have to get up, go stand behind the cutout and go, good night, Nick. <laughs> but, you know, like, so, but even with, even with a, a really expensive, like four to $500 folding knife, like I've done stuff and had my lock fail where like my lock on my fixed blade never fails because there is no lock. It's a fixed blade. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Outside uh, of snapping your fixed blade, which, which I've also done, but. With some of the sheath options stupid, now, right? like the offensive industry sheath, I use my wicket in the offensive industry all day in the shop. And even today I was wrapping knives, which I probably stole from somebody. Um, and every time I go to cut it, I'll be able to hold it, grab it, the grab the jute with one arm and then take the knife out, cut it and then put it back in with barely just having to guide it in. That's mm-hmm. it. So it's like it's actually easier to put away than a folder at times because you don't have to worry about clipping it in. Oh, ab- absolutely. And it doesn't get dirty and, you know, you don't have centering issues and all that. Yeah, yeah right. When like, it gets I dirty, got, I hit it with the air compressor and just yeah, pull you out get, the whole fucking sheath. You get grit in your in your ball bearings and your knife doesn't work anymore. Yeah, oh I my mean, God, I, is that dryer lint in my knife? I'm <laughs> ruined. <laughs> so, but I also think this is why we're starting to see a lot of the EDC community gravitate towards smaller fixed blades like the Wicket, which is available from knivesbynews.com hey yo and, there um, we go earning your dollar yeah there we go got my i earned my 10 cents for the night um pay for like but, a quarter of that beer yeah don't worry georgia bushcraft is coming up i look forward to drinking all of your beer Fuck while i'm there right so. off. <laughs> but um but i think that's why we're starting to see a lot of the edc community gravitating towards uh smaller fixed blades because they're realizing that the utility and the ease of use of a small fixed blade, like, trumps any folding knife that you're ever going to have. Because, like, we always say, like, what deploys faster? Well, fixed blades don't deploy, so you don't have to worry about the me- mechanics of it to work. And also, because a great fixed blade is a lot cheaper than a great folding knife. So, you know, there's that. And it really depends on the finding the carry system that's appropriate for you or that works for you. Well, I was going to say, that's, time- a, that's a big change I've seen in the last few years. Like I was uh, taking out a tree stand that's been in the street for way too long, and I used the screw-on pegs. And when I was climbing up and dropped the tree stand, I was having to take the screw-on pegs with it. They've been in there for about three years. So while I was hanging on there by the rope, not wearing a harness because I forgot it, of course, and it's just strapped to my belt um, because safety third. And I'm trying to like like pry off some of the bark so I could kill this tree even more and piss off people on the internet and get these spikes out. But I had my standard Kydex where you have to push it in and clip it in and everything like that. I was really wishing I had that pocket sheath where I could just drop it right in. And either a leather sheath would have worked well for that too. But like something where you didn't have to guide it as much. So I think the sheath options do really matter for what kind of fixed blade you're going to be carrying for the task you're doing. Because like in that situation, I would have loved an easier to shoot. I mean, obviously, I'm still here right now, so it's fine. But it would have been nice to just be able to drop it in, go down the next day, and work out. Yeah, still here. Yeah, for me, the ulti-clip made a a huge difference in what what kind of knives I carried. So um, whether it was ulti-clip on Kydex, or I even have a couple of the the Delta sheaths that have uh, the ulti-clip on a leather sheath. And for me, that means the one-handed thing, right? Because it's not going to leave my belt or my pant pocket. Like the sheath is going to stay. So I can be doing something with my left hand on the ladder and get it in and out easy, um, which all my previous fixed blades had been like, you know, belt loops. And if I don't wear a belt there, I'm not a belt guy every day, you know? So then it's like a leather sheath that was just tucked in your pocket. And then that becomes, you know, a two-handed affair, right? Uh, neck knives yeah. too. So like neck knives for me was a big, a big thing going to really small neck knives so you can just pop it out and then kind of push it against your chest and pop it back in one-handed and you have that knife available at all times so that that small small edc fixed blade to me is is the perfect solution i don't carry folders at all anymore except swiss army knives the only folder i carry besides swiss army knife that i keep in my bag is either the woods monkey banana peel or the snap pea i carry um especially if i'm going to like a uh less permissive environments mm-hmm. i want something that's not so intimidating i think that's a great option well that's why i but, carry swiss army knife the, so yeah. the number one reason to for everybody out there to own a swiss army knife is there is nothing less intimidating 
than a standard, you know, 93 millimeter Celador red handled Swiss Army knife because people go, oh, yeah, that thing. MacGyver, yeah, because you know, if, or, you, if you tried to injure someone with said Swiss Army knife that wasn't yourself, it's going to break. Yeah, it's going to injure you. And then what did he do? He tried to clean my cuticles, so, you know. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, you know, it's like, I was going to say, and I forgot, but I remembered now. Um, I was for a long time, like a, a belt carry only person, like, and you know, you were really big on carrying, uh, fixed blades in your pocket. And I just didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't understand it. It wasn't really for me. And, um, but mostly because I didn't try it. And then I got the EDB with the offensive industry sheath and I fell in love with carrying fixed blades in my pocket. So now I always have either that or the, uh, wicket. Yeah, right now the wicket is in my pocket, or um, I have uh, Josh's uh, Fenrir M, I think he calls it the M, uh, which is a small uh, fixed blade in my pocket. So I, I really like carrying fixed blades in my pocket, it becomes it's nice and it's the ease of access is convenient, so it kind of gives you like that like feeling you had when you were carrying a folding knife on your pocket, but a fixed blade. Um, and I have not stabbed myself in the leg yet trying to return my knife, so, so far, it's working out really well. You didn't just send it right into your aorta by accidentally putting it into your no, pocket no, wrong? I did not. I did not. Amazing. No aorta, no other arteries, no injuries. It's all good. But even the carry with that, like, so, like I do like carrying on the belt if I'm in the woods. If I'm, like, actually going to be out oh, in the yeah, woods, yeah, I absolutely. love carrying on the belt. And also, it's like, another place I love carrying is on my pack. Uh, it's like not every time I need the knife like strapped to the center of my chest ready to go all the time. Yeah. Sometimes, especially if it's a bigger knife, I don't mind putting it in my backpack. Cause if we, I know we talked about this, like what you carry on a woods walk and everything like that. And like most of the time, if I don't need it on my direct person, it will go in the backpack and just hang out there. Like a lot of hunting knives. I know guys don't even sell yeah. clips with them because they just sit in the pack anyway. You don't, you don't need it unless you shoot the deer and then find the deer. Yeah, I, I don't really carry backpacks anymore. I carry uh, the satchel, the EDC uh, satchel from Tough Possum. And what I like about that is it's got these two outside pockets, so I can put like a nice size fixed blade like right in the pocket. So if I need it, I can just swing the pack up front and grab my grab my knife. And it, I think too, like the actual Kydex you get with the sheath, depending on say if it is Kydex, depends as well. Because I know we're talking about like belt carry versus pocket carry and everything else. Like with with my Kydex, it's just because I'm like anal about these things. I mold all my sheets to fit, so they just fit smoothly going in and with a good amount of pressure coming out. Because like it drives me, you know, I don't like it when I have to like grab it with two hands and put it together and shove it back in the sheath. Sometimes I just want to be able to. Or when it just falls out. Or when it just falls out. So it's like interior. Uh, right into your ear, dead. You're dead, and every everybody around you is now dead because of you and your shitty sheep. I think I uh, I said this to Tom pretty early on, and in, in, in talking to him, that you know, kydex retention is like it's such a differentiator. You know, yeah, you can have great knives, and I've seen great knives. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm dying. Um, it's just the COVID. Just the COVID. Just the COVID. Um, Just a little COVID. You have a great knife, but if it doesn't have retention, I'm not going to carry it. No. Because having that knife, oh, wait, where is it? <laughs> oh, nah. you know, it clattered out of that, that Kydex sheath somewhere on the trail. Well, it's gone. Into a squirrel's aorta. Or, you know, me, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm at home. You Everybody's know. aorta is doomed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at home with kids, and the last thing I want is a knife to come out of the retention, whether it's a neck knife or, or on my belt. Like, I don't want to, you know, it, getting that click or that clunk is, uh, is key. And good Kydex yeah. is... Uh, is a is it's hard to find and when you when you get good kydex it's it, it, it can transform the whole experience of carrying the knife yeah i agree man the carry the carry system on especially you know with fixed plates is super super important because um you know they, you know there are a ton of fixed plates makers out there that don't even sell their knives with sheaths and to me that is madness um yeah that's always a weird one to me it drives me what nuts am i supposed to do with, with it? the everyday <laughs> yeah. carry knife you sell an everyday fucking carry knife that you can't carry any day. 
Yeah. It doesn't have a sheet. Like, what, so how, is, how is this ever like, to carry that? Like can't carry it at all. Wrap it in a paper towel? Like, no, I, I, I think <laughs> it's... What am I supposed to do? I think what they... The fuck you, are you doing? You clench it between your teeth like a pirate. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Raise the flag. Um, so so yeah. <laughs> uh, recently, uh, Victorinox, speaking of Swiss Army knives, they came out with that bushcraft knife. And um, Oh, that really expensive? Well, it's not. It's $75. I mean, uh, to me, it's a Garberg... You know, it, it's, a, it's a better steel. Oh, no, it's, that's a different one. I'm thinking about that set that they came out with that had, like, the birch handles they were selling for. That was Mora. You're drinking too oh, much. Was that Mora? Oh, that was Mora. Yeah. And they're ash. Yeah, yeah. ash. Whatever. So, um... With re- no, recycled steel. So, okay. Victorinox came out with, basically, you know, a competitor to Garberg, but full flat instead of Scandi, and it's a really cool knife, but you know what kills it? The retention on the sheath is non-existent. I, I posted a video, you know, you shake it and it falls off. And... It's baffling to me that a company that big can launch a product that it's just the it rattles. So, like if you're if you're a hunter, you're not going to have a knife that rattles around in a sheath. It rattles bad, and the retention is just terrible. So, Tom, I actually have like maybe seven knives I want to send you to get Kynex done on them because I, I've got <laughs> I got a couple um, that that just either didn't come with a sheath. Or the sheath they came with was so terrible. Um, or like the Victorinox, yeah, it was just this plastic mess. After from hearing guys like you, and especially like Ross yelling at me for my Codex fucking sucking ass in the beginning, because it did. I didn't like, say that. I really, well, he said it in, you know. I typed it on Instagram. Blunt. Big difference. <laughs> you voice the text it. Um, but I've really spent a lot of time looking into how to make it better. And then I invested a lot into making it better, where it's like, now I'm using the heat press to do my codex so it actually gets to the right temperature instead of using like a fucking toaster oven like I was using. And you're like, God, kind of sort of hot enough. And then now, even with, I like doing the taco sheath versus the pancake sheath. It's slimmer. I think it's tighter. It's just, I like the profile better. But you have to hand mold them to really get them to fit. You can grind them to fit. But even if you do grind it to fit perfectly, I remind people about friction and wear and that that sheath is going to wear over time, no matter how much you go in, where if you actually mold it to fit, you can then tighten it back up as you use the knife. So it starts to loosen up. If you leave enough material, you can retighten it. All this took a lot of time to like really figure out and dial to get right. And it's like, not everybody's going to do that because time is money with this kind of stuff. And I'm just stupid and sometimes like throw all my extra time into these things. But I also want to make sure it's going to be actually set up right and be able to use for a long time. Yeah, but your your Kydeps game is is night and day from where it was. A couple, you know, like a year, even a year ago, like you really got uh, you got really good, man. So keep it up, keep up the good work. Ross likes your Kydex, and he's like a connoisseur of Kydex. So I, well, I, I, I would take that compliment. I've um, gotten very frustrated with a number of makers. Um, <laughs> there's a couple out there that do really really good work, but yeah, no, I I think I told you I prefer your Kydex to. Um, the, the offensive industries, depending. So the offensive industries is great for like, I'm going to work and I want that deep pocket carry, whatever. But I really like that click of good yeah. Kydex, especially with like the EDB in the woods. Um, you know who else does a really good Kydex now? And it's funny is uh, Corey Bowman. Yeah. Mm. Because he was such a pain in the ass. He wouldn't do Kydex. And he was sandbagging me because he was doing Kydex. But he's smart. He's like, I'm not going to release it until I'm really, really happy with it. So he's doing Kydex, I guess, just for himself or his chickens or whatever the hell he has going on in that wacky <laughs> world he lives in. And then all of a sudden, he he released Kydex, and it's like, great Kydex. And so then I messaged him, and then he said, oh, I have a bunch of stuff. You know, send, send me knives back, and I'll do Kydex for you. And I said, no, I'm going to wait. He's like, what do you mean? And I said, I'm going to wait until you get even better. You think you're good now? I'm like, well, six <laughs> months, you know, maybe a year, then I'll send them to you, and you'll be like, next level, so. Well, you know, and I, I have actually talked to a couple makers and asked them, like, why they don't have sheets for their knives. And the answer usually is, is they don't know how to make them. Um, but well, they don't like for sure. that lab. So. <laughs> yeah, so you go to this thing called YouTube yeah. and yeah. the internet and trial and error. Well, and you know you what, Doug? There's, there's some guys out there that have no issue selling a six to $800 fixed blade without a sheath. You know, like, so if you don't have an issue selling them without a sheath, and your customers are cool with that, then yeah. great. I would know? say if you're not selling as many knives as you'd like to, and you're not including a sheath or a, yeah, a recommendation on like a JRE sheath that fits it well, or 
Yeah, yeah there yeah, might I mean, be a reason why you're not that's selling. That's too. Like between between the three of us, we probably have ninety thousand JR JRE sheaths like floating around. So it's like like the first guarantee. I got more in my boxes downstairs. Yeah, probably. I but even like I might give you a like, run for your money. <laughs> that first Puko that you made me, Tom. I was like, don't make me a sheath because I have I have like a leather sheath I'm gonna put it in. So yeah. it's like you know save your save your money, but um. But yeah, I don't know. So, but yeah, I really do think the carry system is great. And if you're going to carry a leather sheath, like the dangler is where it's at. Um, it's I all about the angle of the dangle. It's all about the angle of the dangle. But like, seriously, I can't, I can't carry a standard leather belt sheath anymore without the dangle. Um, I need the dangle. But no, it's, it's just, just like, cause it's just it me. stays out of the way. Like when you're sitting down with a bigger fixed blade in the woods, moving around, especially like a bushcraft style knife. It's nice that it goes with you. And like yeah. people are like, oh, but then you don't know where to index your knife or where it's going to be. It's like, what the fuck are you doing with the bushcraft model knife that you're about to, what are you going to fight the bear? Yeah, I mean, you're going to fight and the bear. You need to know <laughs> the, where it is the, at all times. Yeah, the, always on the ready because I'm Mr. Tactical with my Scandi grind. Like, the only reason the on. bear got me is because I couldn't get to the knife fast enough. No, it wasn't because doing. he was a fucking bear. It's not, it's not because the bear has 10 of those knives on his Because that yeah. fucking dangler. That yeah. dangler. Thanks so much. Damn you, JRE. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people, uh, I don't know. I actually use a yeah. dangler because my arms are long. You know, and so if you think of the physics of it, if I have a knife that has a long hand, like a bigger knife has a, long, a taller handle, right? So the handle sticks up higher. And if it's on your belt, I'm like, it's super awkward. So the idea that it's dangling down low, it's, it's actually easier to index. Yeah, I know exactly where it's going to be. Personally, I really like them because, like, I, you know, I'm not like the kind of dude that works out every day. So I got a little extra fluff around the sides, and I don't like when the, the handle of my knife starts poking me in the fluff. <laughs> so, so, how do you scout carry? That still baffles uh, me. Well, scout carries for like really skinny dudes. So I don't have that much fluff. That's that's the point. And <laughs> and um, to to what Tom said about the angle of the dangle, like the way the way that he actually got me to be very happy with scout carry is that on the new wicket. He only puts one loop, so the scout carries, but it angles down. Gotcha. So you're drawing down, and um, as long as you do that, you don't cut yourself. Like I did that one time at your house, um, <laughs> but you know, yeah. Check out whatever. my new ow. <laughs> my new blood. Um, I mean, thankfully it didn't bounce right into my aorta, so we're good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like I like that stuff, and uh, yeah. So right. listen, we're an hour into this. We really yeah. had a meandering path. Uh, we had where no, we basically we had said, "Don't no buy topic. a folder." Yes, buy a fixed blade. Buy a fixed blade. Make com. sure you're happy with the carry system. And then Tom left, which is the most Tom's fascinating gone. part of this. So Tom left. I think I don't know. Maybe he'll be back. Who knows? And uh, yeah. So on on that note, I guess we should probably wrap it up. Um, if this was your first episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> But uh, you didn't learn anything, but we had a great conversation. And uh, listen, what do you expect from uh, 141 in Japan, right? Exactly. Come on. Exactly. This is this reduce is your you expectations. Reduce your expectations. But um, no, seriously, uh, thanks for joining us on our, our first. Uh, Tom's like, wait, night. what? I just got back. What do you mean? <laughs> I just He's need like, another beer. Just Relax, need more beer. No, uh, no, we're going to. We're, we're already done. Yeah, we're, we're uh, listen, already it's been an hour. hour. Uh, we need to we give people actually, a, a little bit of a break. Anything, but and, like uh, all of our listeners in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just waking so up just, right now we need to keep they're going just, they're just waking up to, to listen to us um no but seriously thanks for listening guys and um if you you know you, you like know what we're probably doing. gonna find out it's one guy in japan and for some reason he puts this podcast on and it soothes his cat while he's at work at some shitty job and he really doesn't even care about us or our podcast he's like yeah, stupid americans talking about knives um <laughs> but whatever anyway thanks for listening to us uh ramble on for the last hour incoherently and um i assure you the rest of our episodes are actually educational as well as entertaining so you should definitely check those out and if you like what we're doing you know feel free to subscribe and rate us um hopefully not based on this episode <laughs> what, oh, what's wrong like with this episode episode no, just, oh, just you know send nick beer emojis if you like the after dark like follow subscribe like. review uh-huh. All those yeah, things. Yeah, do, do all follow that stuff. Follow me on my only knives. Um, yeah, follow Tom on his only knives. And um, 
Also, for anybody who's listening who's interested in maybe potentially seeing some of the, the knives by Nuge.com knives in real life, um, we're going to be at George Bushcraft this year. So that's I thought sure you were going to give out your address and they could come look in your windows at night. No. <laughs> you could get you could get my address if you buy a knife. <laughs> Not yours, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a If you want the house that has the cardboard cutout of Rick Hinderer in the yeah, main bedroom. If you want to experience one of Tom's knives in your aorta, come to my house. Um, if not, <laughs> oh boy. if you want to just handle oh, them. Because he went to put it in the sheath wrong. No! <laughs> it's got to um, go in somebody's aorta. It's just the rules yeah. of life. <laughs> But um, but yeah, definitely come see us at Georgia Bushcraft. We're going to be there. It's going to be a good time. And uh, Tom, you got another show coming up somewhere in New Jersey that I don't know where. So tell me. I about got that. it in the Pine Barrens. I think something with an H. I have no idea. It's Piney Fest, whatever. I'll come up with details later. I've already worked fourteen hours today. <laughs> There's so. a show in the Pine Barrens. The only thing I know about the Pine Barrens is is from There's Sopranos lots and of shows and I, in the Pine Barrens. That's just where people um, go to get murdered. Well, yeah, that's there, what I said. Like isn't there a Pine Barrens monster or something? Yeah, lots of, well, there's lots Jer- of Pine Barren monsters. Jersey just Devil. Lots. The Pineys are real. The Pineys are very real. There's just, you know, remember manners. Manners are important. Um, but it's anyway, Pine Barren Maker Fest or something like that. And listen, if All you're right, going so- to the Pine Barrens to go see Tom and you're 12, don't fuck around. He'll yell at you. Yeah, he will yell at you. He <laughs> will run at your one children. of my knives. <laughs> you may not come zero- home from the Pine Barrens. <laughs> Not only will you stab yourself, you also get fucking berated by me. So um, both are going to happen. So uh, yeah, there's the Pine Barren Maker Fest, which is September, end of September. In Warwick, I have the Maker Fest, uh, the Love Local Maker Market. I don't know. They have a stupid ass name for it. It's in Warwick, <laughs> New York. I, I don't know why they had to make it so difficult. It's called a maker market, for Christ's sake. Um, and then there's possibly one at a couple. There's a brewery close to it in Warwick that does one as well as Groundlands. I'm going to try to sign up for that because what goes better than knives and beer? Um, well, and they demonstrated tonight that they played Um Just let you know, I did not stand my aorta once tonight. So, everybody, yes. and I am surrounded by knives in here. And what about the squirrels? Are the squirrels okay? Oh, they're all dead. Anyway, on that note, good night, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this uh, ridiculous evening of uh, Raise the Flag After Dark. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.